Hi, those Happy Places listeners. Before we get to the episode, we wanted to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to podvoices.help. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Welcome back to Theme Parks 100, a summer school series all about the basics of theme parks from your friends at Those Happy Places. I'm Alice White. And I'm Buddy Duquesne. Buddy, I'm so excited for this next episode in our mini-series. Today we are talking all about what is a ride. What is a ride? Because, okay, we have talked about what theme parks are. We have talked about what attractions are. And looming over all of those discussions so far has been the idea, the concept of a ride. We know that theme parks have rides in them, as well as other attractions. We know that rides are a kind of an attraction, but that not all attractions are rides. So, how do we say what a ride is versus other kinds of attractions? Well, that's what we are going to explore right now. Let's start off with literally defining what is a ride. Webster's Dictionary defines <laughs> rides as actually, Alice, I think you do have a dictionary uh, definition for us. I do. I actually have a couple of de- uh, dictionary definitions for us. Um, so when we're talking about uh, the word ride, ride can be both a verb or a noun. Um, to ride something as a verb is to uh, to be carried or supported by something with a great deal of momentum. The example given here is a stream of surfers fighting the elements to ride the waves. Interesting, (laughs) interesting. To to ride a wave. Um, And so that is a verb, to ride something or to sit on and control the movement of um, like a horse, for example, as given, uh, typically as recreation or sport. That is the that is another definition for the verb ride. Okay. Uh, As a noun, a ride is either a journey made on horseback, bicycle, or motorcycle, or in a vehicle, according to this definition, (laughs) or a roller coaster, merry-go-round, or other amusement-ridden at a fair or amusement park. Interesting. So there you go. I love that fairs and amusement parks make it into the dictionary for the noun side of ride. Right. Like, what is a ride? Uh, It's a thing you ride at an amusement park. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, the a couple of commonalities that I see here when we're looking at the definition of of the verbs and nouns here um, are uh, movement involved, um, some kind of um, movement seemingly beyond not necessarily your control. Sure, like you can control. The if it was a horseback ride, you're controlling the horse, but it seems to be some sort of movement that is propelled by something that's not your own feet. Yeah, uh, there's there's this um, this concept of kind of being propelled by a force and you having some influence over that, maybe, um, but that there is something that is carrying you forward more than you are propelling it yourself. You are writing it. Exactly. And mentioned multiple times here in these definitions is also includes the phrase uh, recreation or sport along with amusement and amusement park. Um, Much like our definition of attraction in last episode or park um, from our first episode, um, a form of like recreation or sport or enjoyment is also implied in all of these definitions. This isn't just something you have to do. This is something you want to do. This is something you get to do. Um, and I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, we we can kind of extrapolate to like other things that that a person might be transported in or um, that we, they might ride in. 
Uh, we could talk about, for example, a car. If you're in control of a car, you wouldn't say that you're riding your car because it's kind of a less active, less full body experience, right? So you might say that you're driving the car, that you are in control of the car, but you're not being propelled. You are telling it where to go. You are controlling it. It is a more full level of control as well as a less full bodily experience. It's not something that you are riding atop. It's not something that you're trying to influence or work with. It's something that you are directly in control of. When we might use the word ride for a car is when you are along for the ride. You're riding in the car. Somebody else is driving. Right. Um, and so that that measure of control being removed, but also that greater level of um, like being removed from the actual action or the actual force of the experience. I think that's an interesting distinction. It is an interesting distinction. And to to take it a little further, um, you would still say that you are riding your bike or riding a motorcycle. Um, even though you are in direct control, you could even say you were driving your motorcycle or a bike, right? You are controlling it the speed, the direction and everything that you're going. But the bicycle or the motorcycle, I think, is more maybe more related to recreation or sport, as in the first um, the first definition of ride. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, you can drive your bicycle, but really you're riding your bicycle. It's a sport or, or you're doing it for fun. Yeah. Uh, bikes and motorcycles, while they're perfectly valid commuter vehicles, right? And more people should be riding bicycles and uh, motorcycles take up less space than than a car and have better gas mileage and stuff like that. So like, right. there's like a, a an economic and an environmental reason for these things to be your everyday drive. But on the other hand, they feel less obligatory. They feel more... Um, more like they are working within environments instead of like dominating environments. Like they can go between things and there's kind of a, there's an actiony element to being on a, a bike or a motorcycle that is more like you are, you are dealing with this object that you are riding more than the thing is purely utilitarian. If that makes any sense. Yeah. That there's and like, I'll there's like a force acting on you. Sure. And some of this is like cultural. Um, we live in the United States of America, which is very car centric, very car heavy. And so like our experiences with cars may be uh, and how they're very utilitarian and, you know, not necessarily meant for like recreation or fun the way a bike or a motorcycle is that might be influenced by like our cultural background. Um, and that's fine. <laughs> it might be different for other people, but um, from our experience, yeah, that that is why in our use of the word ride versus drive, uh, that that's why we use those words in English, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're also not linguists, right? Like somebody familiar with the way that language works uh, beyond the English language um, might be able to tell us that actually drive and ride are far less uh, separate terms in other languages, right? So here now, us analyzing the English language use of the word ride versus, for example, drive, is just us and our experiences and our understanding of the one language. Um, because I'm sure there are other languages where they're practically the same word or maybe where they're even more different. Sure. Um, so, you know, it, it does depend. But I think ride is an interesting word. And I'm glad that we're starting from the definitions, doing a little literary analysis on these uh, particular like uses of the word because sure. it, it matters. It does matter. And so when we use the word ride in our normal pitch for the podcast, the podcast that treats theme parks, rides and attractions as literature. What are we talking about there when we use the word ride in that sentence? Well, we're mostly using the the last definition you read off, right, which is a thing at an amusement park or in our case, a theme park that you ride. So carousels, Ferris wheels, um, roller coasters uh, or anything. I, I would say a, a definition that we could use is 
any attraction that has a component that includes motion as one of its key appeals. So yes, we have many different kinds of attractions. We've spoke on that at length uh, in our last lesson. Um, you can be attracted by uh, food, entertainment, shows. Uh, you can be uh, attracted by the very layout of the place or buildings, uh, a castle or a moat. Um, these things are all attractions in and of themselves, but rides are important and distinct in that first they are kind of the premier attraction type of theme parks. Um, they are the thing people most think about when they think about theme parks. Uh, and because they utilize the unique format of the theme park or the amusement park, which is the format of taking up physical space to create unique experiences that are impossible in other forms of entertainment. Right. I think that it's important to talk about rides, especially like with amusement parks or theme parks, is that um, nowhere else really has rides. Like that's not really a thing that you just find out in the wild, right? Um, You're not... Not not very often, anyways. You're not just walking down the street and there's a roller coaster. It's usually part of a bigger area that is either an amusement park or or a theme park. Um, the difference uh, and distinction of which we discussed in our first episode of this miniseries. <laughs> um, like, we did talk about how at, say, the Pike in Long Beach, there is a rogue Ferris wheel. Um, <laughs> and so there, it's just going rogue out there. <laughs> there is like a roll, uh, a Ferris wheel, um, and no other like amusements around it. And so, so maybe I'm not making my own point here, but I think that, um, that, uh, rides are things that can be built or that take up a lot of space and are once you, when you set them up like at least semi-permanent. And so you need like a dedicated location for them. And so that kind of permanence or semi-permanence and and space taking is like part of what makes that definition of the word ride important here. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think there are cases of things that are kind of like rides at a theme park that are not about the amount of space they take up, but that are about, like, motion and the thrill that that provides. I'm thinking about, like, standard parks when we were growing up, playgrounds, uh, having swings and slides, monkey bars, uh, merry-go-rounds that you had to push yourself, but that you could get spinning really fast, Um, (laughs) horses on springs, um... (laughs) You know, those are kind of like rides in that motion is core to their appeal. Um, But I think when we're talking about rides, we are talking about things that um, have a mechanical component and that also have, to some degree, um, a a level of scale that goes beyond that. Uh, Something that is about an extremity of motion. So instead of, oh, this is a slide and you move down kind of fast, uh, I'm thinking now about like county fairs and like the really big slides that they bring out to those. Yeah. Uh, That's when you start to approach for me a ride is when it's something that is um, specifically designed to be ridden to harness a force, be it gravity or the forces of, say, a simulator um to thrill delight entertain amuse uh and so like something like that like these big slides that you get like a burlap sack and ride down that is a ride um a ferris wheel a merry-go-round uh a carousel the zipper which is a a, a very interesting (laughs) kind of ride that includes being flipped around on two axes at once. Uh, <laughs> very scary. Uh, I'm thinking about the Gravitron. 
a oh, kind of ride fan. that is about being spun so fast that gravity switches directions. <laughs> Not <laughs> that, a fan. <laughs> love those. Um, uh, uh, those who know who know us will know that uh, we have spent a lot of time at various county fairs riding rides together. Um, I love all things flippy and spinny and dangerous. And Buddy is reluctantly dragged along with me for yeah, most of I them. Really, I actually really don't love rides that are just about extreme motion. Fast spinning, fast dropping, um and fast fast being spun <laughs> which i think is different than spinning uh, without without some level of theming and without some i don't know some uh, measure of restraint on these um i actually don't have a ton of fun oh. uh, but that's because what i find appealing about theme parks is theming more than thrills um where many others are uh, thrill seekers. And you can I, find yeah. out more about that in the Duquesne Taxonomy, uh, <laughs> which is an episode of Those Happy Places. Uh, I, I heavily lean in that direction. I'm the a, thrill bit of, seeker. a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Um, so I, yeah, I used to drag us on all of these flippy spinny rides when we were kids <laughs> growing up, take us to the LA County Fair and put us on the, on the biggest, droppiest ride imaginable. And you would just <laughs> go along with it. Yeah. Because you're a good uh, friend. <laughs> yeah, you know, I am. And <laughs> I'm going to take that compliment and just run with it. Uh, but you, you were saying that um, rides are kind of about permanence. And I want to push back on that. I think it's less about permanence because you can drag these things around the entire country at the county fair. right? Uh, that's, like, yeah, that's why I they, said semi-permanence. I was so, thinking about that. Yeah. So maybe what it's really about is like scale. And uh, the the monumental feeling that they that they create. So there's this rogue Ferris wheel at the Pike at Long Beach, um, <laughs> and it feels like a symbol of the place. It, it's monumental. Uh, it, you see it, and you're like, oh yeah, that's the Pike. There's a big Ferris wheel there, and it's an attraction, just like we said. Like you are drawn to it, but also. It is something that promises a range of movement that you don't normally get. So it's something that propels you and moves you and it's a ride. Um, but I think rides are so fascinating partially because they have this like skyline defining potential um, or a lot of classic kinds of rides. They draw the eye because they are these big constructions. And even the county fair does this as well. Right. Lights. It's tall. It's colorful. There's an iconic feeling to that. There's something that draws you in, and then it also delights you with the motion. So there's kind of a, a two-factor thing going here. There's scale as well. And I think scale is a big part of it. Even when we're talking about, like, dark rides, which can exist in a box. Uh, a, a building, yes, but, like, a box-shaped building. That's not very monumental, not very iconic. There's still an element of scale. It's seeing characters you know and love at life-size scales or greater. I'm thinking about that moment in Pinocchio's Daring Journey when you get locked in the cage. Oh, yeah. And Stromboli is, like, enormous. Yeah. And you and I remember this very clearly. It's, like, burned into our memories because it's this huge moment when in reality... It's an illusion. It's not really that big of a cage. And you're just in a box in Anaheim, California. Uh, and it's mostly cardboard and <laughs> glowing paint. Um, but there's something about that moment that is like, it's big, right? It, it creates an iconic visual. Um, and I think rides are kind of about that. They're about broad strokes communication of moods and ideas as well. Uh, even the ones that are not heavily themed, um, they're about these kind of broader movements as well. So there's something going on there with rides as big and rides as movie things. They move you. Movie things is not the right words. Mm -hmm. um, rides as things that move you uh, and also rides that are about broad feelings and emotions. Um, and that's part of what makes them good for theme parks, because theme parks are about moving people through 
them as well. And so being moved to these things as you are um, as you are noticing the different attractions around and going to them and trying to experience them and then being moved by them, I think, is what makes a ride a ride, something that moves you. Right. And that there is the connection then between the word attraction and the word ride to be attracted to something, to be to be drawn to it and then you get on it and it moves and then you're on a ride. Like there, there's a connection there. Yeah. And I I think rides make good attractions because of the promise of that movement and the potential of that movement. There's so much that rides can do with movement to help tell a story or set a mood or to deliver an experience that other attractions can't. And like you said, they go hand in hand with theme parks because they are big and expensive and the really intricate ones, the ones that aren't a thing that spins you around, <laughs> uh, the ones that have a lot of theming, those things do demand semi-permanence uh, because they are so complex. They can't just be broken down and picked up and moved somewhere else. They demand their own space, their own building, their own specificity. Um much like any other attraction, but rides have that added layer of complexity that I think makes them feel like they've got to live in one place. Yes, some rides, those rides, the, many the complicated, rides. many yeah, rides. Yeah. And the, the reason why I use the word, I started with permanence and then went to semi-permanence um, is that I was thinking about like a county fair and how those rides are movable and do move from place to place. However, they are very complicated to set up and there's a lot of safety features, a lot of stuff. They do they do go up and then stay up for like weeks at a time. And so when I'm saying semi-permanence, what I'm thinking about is like, you can't just throw a ride up in an afternoon and then take it down that night. Um, it's it's not, or you, or you could, but it wouldn't be a very good one. <laughs> Or no, I was a, about to say, speak for yourself. You know, give me give me twenty <laughs> minutes and a hammer, and we'll, we'll have something that will move you. It just won't be, <laughs> it won't be any fun. Um, well, we have a friend who, when we were in college, uh, set up a um, set up a ride in the cul-de-sac of their neighborhood uh, with a bunch of PVC pipes and drapery and a golf cart, and just drove people around like a dark ride in the cul-de-sac of their neighborhood. Um, which was super fun. And I guess that's a ride. <laughs> Somebody else is doing the driving and and putting you through like a dark ride um, experience with like various scenes being acted out by um, by our friends. <laughs> it was like a little like a series of small plays, but it was it became a dark ride because people were propelled through the space. And so it doesn't have to be very complicated. It doesn't have to be. Um, a like a permanent installation and it doesn't even have to be very fast. Um, it just has to be motion-based and um, for entertainment or yeah. recre- recreation, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I remember that. That was, a, that was a really cool thing that our friend did. Um, and, and I agree with you. I think that that raises a lot of questions about what exactly qualifies as a ride because in recent years, especially... With the pandemic, um, Halloween haunt type attractions that would normally be walkthroughs uh, have kind of adapted and become drive throughs in some cases. Right. So you get in the car and then the car gets driven usually by the person who usually would drive the car. So like your car, you drive your car through uh, several scare zones and themed areas. And like, is that a ride? Yeah, I guess so. Right. Like movement as a component you're in a vehicle um and even if you're driving it's not really up to you where to go uh and i think we'll get to driving soon because there are some rides that That are drive (laughs) (laughs) and so that becomes a whole nother question but i think yeah as long as movement is a component as long as uh there is something about the experience that is entertaining that is recreational in some way I, i think we're talking about a ride um and the relationship between rides and theme parks, as we've said, is really is really important. And I think it's so important that the word ride 
at the beginning of the episode, we we acknowledge that it's a verb and a noun. The word ride is like the verb of theme parks. It's I like the number right. one verb. I think you're right. Um, people don't say like, let's go be on the roller coaster <laughs> or like they say, let's go ride it. Right. But I think folks often say ride even about stuff that isn't like technically a ride as well. Yeah. I was thinking about um, like Autopia, for example. Autopia, the the ride at Disney parks where you get in and operate a little like go-kart on a very limited track. Um, but you are in control of that go-kart and you are driving it through it through the little track very again, very limited. Um, but you get to control the speed and you can stop it in the middle of the road if you wanted to. You'd be encouraged to move on eventually. <laughs> um, but you are driving the Autopia car. But most people, when they talk about Autopia, say, let's go ride Autopia. Ooh, I want to go ride on Autopia. That's what I want to do today. They don't say, let's go drive Autopia, right? Right. Uh I would never say, let's go drive Autopia. <laughs> I, I, it really feels wrong as as the verb. Like, what you're doing there is still kind of writing, right? It's like a, a curated experience. It's something that while you have a level of control and like, ride isn't really the main verb that you do when you're on it, it's still a ride. And it's right. hard to explain that line. You know, over just a, a couple of you know buildings over in Tomorrowland, there's also like Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters, um, and the main verb that you do when you are on Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters is is like shoot, right? You have the the laser gun and you're shooting targets, or sure, like maybe you're you're spinning the car because you have the joystick. You are still like, riding it. It is an it is indeed ride. still a ride, right? Like you're still kind of being moved, propelled by a force that is not yourself. It's something that you are dealing with more than something you are causing to happen. Uh, and so it is still a ride. But I think like extra verbs can exist, but ride is still that main verb. Uh, it's still the way that people mainly see theme park attractions. I've even seen and heard people say, like, let's go ride Shrek. Let's, let's go, go ride Terminator. Let's go ride Muppet Vision. Let's go <laughs> ride Muppet Vision. And that one's, that's a harder sell. Um, I think that might just be a mistake or, like, uh, a, a casualness of language, right? Like, yeah. you're talking about all the things you're going to ride that day, and you just say, like, oh, let's just go ride the Muppets, right? Like... That's not really what you're about to do. No. I would say Muppet Vision is definitely not a ride. It's a Muppet different kind Vision of attraction. Is a show that yeah. you watch and love because it's the Muppets. <laughs> Muppet Vision is really good. Um, but it's not a ride. But yes, I think it's more of like a colloquialism. Um more more of a this is just what we say at theme parks. It's I think a quirk of the language, a, a quirk of the English language, maybe. Um let's go ride the frozen <laughs> it's a show it's a show at california adventure i guess it's a yeah. ride at epcot now too it is a ride at epcot um but it's a show if you're you know you're not riding a show <laughs> you're sitting still in a theater watching but i think that when people say it there it's not correct but if you were to go out of your way and be like um actually <laughs> <laughs> It's not writing Muppet Vision. It's a show. You would kind of be a jerk. <laughs> you, you would be the jerk in that situation. No, it's not as if I want to go around correcting people. And it's the important thing about language is being understood, not being correct. Right. So I think what that mistake is about, though, or what that colloquialism is about, though, is the fact that you're at a theme park and what you expect is rides. You expect to be riding rides or you expect everything that you like experience that day to be ride like to be moving you or else moving you emotionally or surprising you right yeah so like even if it's not a physical ride an attraction 
that isn't a ride being called a ride, it'd still better be a ride, right? You, st- you still better be in for a really good time. Yeah. Uh, you still got to feel like things are happening that are big and unique and delightful. And so I think that's why ride still slips into non-ride conversations at theme parks. Sure. Because I, it, yeah. it's about that feeling. I agree. I think that's also why it is appropriate to use the word ride when you're talking about, say, a simulator ride. Um, Because a simulator ride doesn't actually move you anywhere. (laughs) You kind of just get into like a little box that is maybe like (laughs) like lifted up a little bit on hydraulics and then like shaken and tilted in various ways. But to simulate movement, that's like the point of the simulator ride um, is that it is simulating a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I think that it is still appropriate to say, let's go ride star tours, even though star tours isn't going anywhere. um, You are not in the strictest definition being moved. um, Like according to definitions, we've already laid down about other rides. Um, But you are simulating that movement and that ride is about movement. It's about a fly through space and um, zipping around enemies and stuff. And so I think that that's why we why it's appropriate to keep the word ride involved when you're talking about simulators. Yeah. And to be clear, in the case of simulators, there is a a measure of movement. The the range of motion may be limited, but there is motion. That's like a core part of the simulator, right? It's about moving um just not moving as extremely as the screen would imply sure Uh, and you're (laughs) it's about the illusion of movement not really moving through space you're moving kind of in your space (laughs) that's an interesting distinction through versus in because i was about to say okay but there are a lot of rides that we would say classically are about movement carousels um ferris wheels where you're not really going anywhere in fact it's literally a loop (laughs) <laughs> or a ring, I guess, in the case of a carousel. Because sure. a, a loop has to be vertical and a ring would be around. Um, <laughs> sure. But if you're moving in a loop or a ring, um, you're still changing location, even ah. even if it's only a little bit, right? Like you're, yeah. you're still in a, a different spa- place in space than you were before. I would um, say that... Even if you end up right back where you started, which is the case for most rides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of classic dark rides, especially, the, the unload and the load are literally the same place. Um, so even those are their own kind of loop, right? Uh, I think that's interesting and, and a, an interesting distinction um, because simulators move you through far less space. But I mean, like... The difference between where you start in Star Tours and the limits of the motion on Star Tours is a good couple of feet. Like, there's still some movement here. So, I don't know. I think think we're splitting hairs at this point, but I'd say that (laughs) simulators are still definitely rides. Absolutely. Um, And that shows are probably not rides. They are another kind of attraction. Right. But, buddy... What about Shrek 4D? Uh, that's a show. Yeah, mm-hmm. a, famous, a famous 3D, 4D show featuring mm-hmm. uh, several elements, like uh, being sprayed with water, uh, smells, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is it, though? Is it? It's not a ride. Is it a show? Because, buddy, I think it might be a ride. And Explain yourself. <laughs> hear me out. Okay. Okay. So Shrek 4D is a um, now, now defunct, I believe, um, experience at the Universal Studios Parks. I do believe at some point every Universal Studios Park had one. Um, They are now all closed. Um, It was a a 3D movie. You put on your 3D glasses and watch a 3D movie about uh, an adventure that Shrek and Fiona and Donkey and all of your favorite fairy tale friends are going on. And uh, there is... A confrontation with the ghost of Lord Farquaad, who I do believe successfully kidnaps Princess Fiona um, and is planning to, no joke, um, kill her um, and so that they could be ghosts and married in the afterlife together. Ghost married. Yeah, uh, she's obviously not about it. Um, and so there's a an adventure to save her life and the dragon is there and everything and it's, and it's delightful, terrifying fun. Yeah, it's a fun um, little romp. 
it is a fun little romp. Um, it's also uh, canonically Shrek 1.5. Uh, it happens directly between Shrek's one, one and, and two. two. Yes. Um, and uh, you can watch it uh, streaming, I believe, on Netflix. Um, <laughs> it's uh, When it's on Netflix, I believe it's called The Ghost of Lord Farquaad. Um, when it's a theme park ride, and yes, I'm still saying ride, um, it is a, uh, it's called Shrek 4D. And the reason why it's called Shrek 4D and not Shrek 3D um, is because of the things that move. And that's why I'm going to call this a ride. Um, if you consider a 3D movie to be a three, maybe 3D being um, a, you know, height, width, length. Those are, you know, three three dimensions. Um, the 3D movie kind of like pops out at you. The fourth dimension when talking about like th- 4D movies um, includes um, space. It's not time, but space. Um, and so it's the act of like moving in space or something in space happening to you. Um, so water sprays out at you. Um, there's things under your seat that'll like tickle the back of your legs. I think it's the the three blind mice's tails uh-huh. um, when they run around the you, you know the carriage that you're in. Um, their their tails will tickle you, and it's little like rubber tails underneath the seats. Yeah. So you are like physically experiencing the things that are happening on screen, um, and that is what makes it 4D, not 3D. Uh, additionally, the seats rock and move and sway and drop uh, along with the motion of the um, of the movie that you're watching. So you're watching a short film, and the short film follows um, Shrek and Fiona and Donkey in like their little carriage, um, and then it follows Lord Farquaad as he's racing as a little ghost through like a cemetery. Um, you at one point attach yourself to the tail of dragon and you're being like flown through space and all of all the while your seat that you're sitting in is rocking and shaking and tilting and even yeah at one point raising and dropping like on little hydraulics um and so you are being moved like a simulator ride through through space kind of or in space as you're watching this experience i'm going to be so bold as to suggest that there is not really a fundamental difference between Shrek 4D and like Star Tours. <laughs> Even though the Shrek 4D, like it's in a theater and you're sat there with your little glasses on watching a movie, you feel like it should be a show. I'm going to suggest that the act of moving the seats that you're sitting in makes it a ride. I have a hard time disagreeing with that assertion. <laughs> I know you want to. I know you want to disagree really bad. I, I know- really want to say that Shrek 4D is not a, is not a ride, that it's very clearly a 4D show yeah, and but- that there is a difference. But you make such a compelling argument that movement exists yes. in this. If it was just you're sitting in a theater and every once in a while your chair like vibrates a little or rocks back and forth, but it was more about like, um, just like to make people laugh or just just because they can. I would say maybe it's still a show, um, but the movement of the chairs is linked to the movement on the screen. Like your chair leans forward when the horses accelerate because you're going faster along with the horses, right? Yeah. Um, your chair. There's a, there's a part where you're mid air and the chair feels floaty. Yeah. And uh, then it kind of clumps when you land. It yeah, kind of drops it's a hard, couple inches. It's hard to describe the level of motion here. It is less than a simulator. Oh, much less than a simulator. It's, it's, it's as if you were sitting in your desk chair, um, leaning backwards and forwards, <laughs> um, just like a few inches at a time. You could do all of this, the ride simulator stuff for Shrek 4D in your desk chair. If you decided <laughs> to watch the ghost of Laura Farquaad on Netflix and then sit in a reclining je- desk chair and just rock yourself back and forth according, like while watching, you would yeah. get almost a, the same experience. You but could without... have a friend spray your face with water yeah. when donkey sneezes. Sure. I, I mean, like <laughs> it's, it's not, 
much of a ride, but Alice, in in preparation for this episode, we did a little bit of Googling and, and reading on Wikipedia, and theoretically, according to Wikipedia, Shrek 4D is a simulator ride. It is. Um, and you and that's argued with me. Oh, I disagree. Hit, you disagreed. Before we uh, recorded this episode, you said, no, Shrek 4D is not a ride, and I am prepared to disagree with you on air. <laughs> and I said, okay, bring it on. <laughs> your, your argument is so solid, so sound, that to continue to disagree with you would be folly. <laughs> we have determined that it is at least an attraction, if nothing else. It it sure. is uh, of scale. It is unique. It is place specific, and that it it has a, a level of you know novelty and and delight that is worthwhile that people will go to. So it's an attraction, and you have said that it is an attraction that features motion as a component, which is the definition we're working with for rides. I guess you can go and ride Shrek. <laughs> I guess sh- ride is the verb when you're sitting in those big seats that bump around and that spray you with water. I guess that's the verb. You're riding that's, it. I'm going to go ride Shrek. But I mean, it, it, alas, I don't think I can because I'm pretty sure it's, it's, Shrek they 40 are all closed. in Florida closed in 2021. I believe the Osaka location no longer has Shrek 4D And as the well. Hollywood location definitely closed in 2017. Yeah. So, so you can't ride Shrek 4D, <sighs> but you could have ridden Shrek 4D. Right. And and I think that's that's interesting because that does raise a lot of questions about the, for example, now defunct Terminator 2 3D, which has one moment of extreme motion at the very end when there is an explosion at the end. And the your seats, seat moves. which have subtly lifted over the course of the show, suddenly drop to add a sh- sort of shockwave effect to the explosion. Sure. It's a, a few inches. I wouldn't call it extreme motion. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> you're right. Uh, yeah. And which is which is cool. It is neat. It's an extra little surprise to the show. But I don't think that that show rely not only does it not rely on motion. I don't think the show is about motion because I'm pretty sure you are the the plot of the show is leading you into a theater space. Right. To watch a presentation by Skynet. Um, yeah. And then everything goes wrong and you right. kind of just watch the action erupt around you. Right up until there's the explosion where you drop a little. Right. I don't think you change set pieces in that or not very far. I think uh, you maybe go to a different part of the Skynet, like not like factory that you're Well, there's, in, there's but... the part where John and the Terminator walk through a time portal and then it just becomes Terminator 2, the movie featuring the cast of Terminator 2 for a little <laughs> while. Yeah, uh, that's fun. And, and then the explosion happens and then you're kind of back in the theater space. So it's... It's a weird proscenium crossing fourth wall thing that is part of the charm of the show. Love it. Um, But I agree with you. Despite the fact that there is one moment of motion in T2 3D that you could also replicate in your office chair by simply pulling the lever that makes your chair drop a little. um, (laughs) You know, it doesn't make it a ride. I think Shrek 4D is probably about just barely over the line into what a ride versus a show is. Because as far as I remember, Shrek 4D does take place in a theater and then the show kind of starts up and then you're like in the carriage with everybody. Um, there, There is also a moment of kind of crossing a threshold into the motion. Um, and I think so that's, you're, I think you're correct. That's interesting though, right? Like there, there is slight, a slightly different thing. There's the setup of sitting down in the theater and then the chairs kind of animate as the action progresses. Um, still a ride. I'll agree with you here. If Star Wars, <laughs> if Star Tours is a ride and moving in a box counts, then moving in a chair also counts. Alice, thanks for coming around. <laughs> I, I did come around, but now let's draw one more line. Okay. At some theaters, movie theaters in the Tri County area and beyond, you can pay a little extra to experience the film not in 4D, but in XD. Ooh. This is an extremely fancy format of of theater going, I suppose. Uh, it is exactly Shrek 4D. The seat moves 
there are heat and water effects and wind effects and there is rumble and vibration and if characters are engaged in a fist fight the seat like bumps around as characters get hit is that a ride (sighs) by my own definition i suppose it is it doesn't feel right (laughs) let's let's interrogate that why not it doesn't feel right because it feels like you have gone to the movie theaters and then also the seats move. <laughs> I See, I agree with you. I think that XD isn't a ride because it's still at a movie theater. I think it's an experience or maybe an expansion of the movie theater experience. Um, but I think that it's not a ride because it's a movie theater which is already a different kind of attraction and and a ride or a simulator ride is like at a theme park at an amusement park to to be a to be a ride like the the, i think yeah you know there's something about the specificity the um the way that a show or show building or attraction can exist in one place and then there's also something about the scale and something about like how special something is where an xd chair in a theater just doesn't feel like a ride and and that's so silly of us right because we've just said shrek 4d was his which is essentially the same thing (laughs) is a ride But I think it's because Shrek 4D is Shrek 4D and Top Gun Maverick featuring XD the experience at your local theater is not special enough to call it a ride. I think rides are special. They're their own category of attraction. They're unique and movement-based and meaningful. The movement can help tell the story the movement can simulate other kinds of movement. The movement can set the mood, but movement is crucial as well as scale and specificity, just like any other kind of attraction. A DVD copy of The Ghost of Lord Farquaad and an <laughs> office chair is not a ride. But it is what I'm planning to do this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on the Shrek 2 DVD. I could be wrong about that as a, as a bonus feature. No, if it's on Netflix, that's exactly where I'm going. <laughs> well, Alice, your definition of Shrek 4D as a ride <laughs> has left me with no recourse but to say you win this week's lesson. Uh, <laughs> you did it. You get I an A. Um, oh, Yay. And because you have submitted such a great lecture, uh, I think it's time for our listeners to get assigned a little bit of homework. Yes, it's uh, time to assign your homework, the end of the lesson. Uh, And your homework this week is to uh, tell us whether or not you agree (laughs) Shrek 4D is a ride uh, by contacting us on the internet. Ah, yes. You can find the show's Twitter at happy places pod and you can find me on twitter at buddy underscore duquesne duquesne is spelled d-u-q-u-e-s-n-e and you can find me on twitter instagram and on tiktok at alice white t-h-p for those happy places and alice in order for our listeners to submit their homework they do need to make sure that they use our proprietary plagiarism detection service So if you're going to write something about whether or not Shrek 4D is a ride, uh, make sure that it's your words, because uh, if it's not, we have no choice but to flunk you permanently, not from this class, but from every class you will take in the future. It's actually like a curse level flunking. Yeah, it goes uh, on your permanent record. A permanent record, which is extremely serious stuff. So uh, please do not cheat for this course. Instead, write original (laughs) thoughts. Uh, And if you think somebody else has said what you've said before, no need to say it. Uh, (laughs) Oh, come on. No, we want to hear everybody's thoughts. We want to hear everybody's thoughts and uh, we love hearing from you. Be sure that you're giving us your thoughts and also telling your friends about the show spread the word 
Um, we don't uh, we don't pay to advertise the show anywhere. So everybody that listens to the show has heard of it through word of mouth, which we are very proud of. Um, and we're we're very very proud of our of our listeners and of our you know the people that participate uh, with the show. Uh, and we're just we're so happy and grateful for all of you. And if you're looking for a way to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Uh, the website is Patreon.com/slash/thosehappyplaces. We've got uh, mini episodes and blog posts and all sorts of fun stuff over there. Um, so you can go check it out. Once again, that link is Patreon.com/slash/thosehappyplaces. And Alice, I think I'm going to add a little bit of music to this episode. Ooh, some music. Where did you get that music from? Uh, well, there's a couple of sources. Uh, some of the music comes from Kevin McLeod. Uh, his website is incompetech.com. Uh, all of his music is under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution license, which just means that we have to say thank you to Kevin and provide details in the show notes of each of the tracks that we used. So check the show notes for those details. Uh, other tracks come to us from Halizna CC0, a creator that has put all of their music on the free music archive under a Creative Commons 1.0 public domain dedication, which means that these tracks are literally in the public domain. They belong to all of us, and we don't even have to say thank you. But we will anyways say thank you to Halizna CC0, and uh, thank you especially for the theme music for this miniseries, which is uh, Waiting on a Train. And I like that track a lot. Yes, me too. Speaking of tracks I like a lot, I'm hearing one right now. Oh, is that Golden Gate by the California Feet Warmers featuring Phil Elvin? It sure is. A fantastic song by fantastic folks. You can find this and many other amazing tracks over on their website, CaliforniaFeetWarmers.com. Alice, thank you so much for making this miniseries and this podcast with me. Yes, this is so much fun. The highlight of my of my week this has been. Um, I really enjoy making this with you. This is a really good time. And even though you are wrong about Shrek 4D, I feel like I learn a lot in all of the episodes that we make. So I'll be looking forward to the next lesson next week. Excellent. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Class dismissed. 